0: Good morning, Lindsley Avenue. Good morning. Good to see all of you again here this morning, a couple of us uh, joining, haven't been able to be here in some time. And hopefully uh, more and more of us as uh, time goes by, the pandemic hopefully starts to, or continues to go down and more and more of us get our shots. Again, it still sounds like we've been taken to the vet (laughs) when I say that, we get our shots, but uh, we'll all be able to get back together again because there's there's a lot of encouragement that happens when we are together. Uh, this morning's topic is, is probably an odd one. Uh, it's called the Prayer of Francis, and I've subtitled it here as a prayer for today. And the picture is actually a big part of it. Because that picture there, uh, fortunately, was not like the coffee cup I had this morning, but it's obviously broken. It's obviously broken. And the idea for this morning's uh, topic, this morning's message, uh, came from something I saw that was posted by someone that is not a believer in God, does not go to church. And he had seen what we're going to study this morning and said, you know, that's the kind of message from a religion that I could get behind, he said. And I thought to myself, well, you know, what? because that's exactly the kind of message we should always be presented. So I thought, well, I want to present this message because if he could get behind that message, perhaps others will be able to get behind the message and come and follow God as we intend to do. So the prayer of Francis, a prayer for today. Remember the broken cup. I would suggest to you that the world is rather broke, these you think? English majors, maybe it should be as broken these days, but uh, I kind of think of just broken, broken. I mean, there's hatred, can't turn on the news without seeing hatred. Anger, so much anger in the world today, and that leads to many people having a lot of fear. And I will suggest to you a great deal of those three are all motivated by a base selfishness. Hatred, anger, fear, and selfishness. Why? Why is the world broken today? Well, I think the real answer to that is, is that people are fairly broken these days. Society is fairly broken these days, and all that leads me to think is that you and I are often fairly broken today. We are part of the people. We are part of society. We are part of the world. So the world being broken is in some ways an outcome of the brokenness that you and I have. The world needs to change. No one, I really think, is probably very happy with the way the world is today. I mean, people aren't taking to the streets going, yes, look at how great the world is. No, 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 that's happening. And we're seeing hatred, anger, fear, and selfishness. The world needs to change. How? How will the world change? Suggest to you this morning the only way that's going to happen is for you and me to change. You and I need to change. So let's talk about this prayer for today. It's called the Prayer of Francis. The Francis that is being referred to here is Francis of Assisi. Most of us, many of us, probably have heard of Francis of Assisi. He was born some 800 plus years ago in the fairly small town of Assisi. That's where his name gets to be Gene of Nashville in central Italy, a very, very small town. He grew up the son of a wealthy merchant and had everything he could want other than internet access back in 1200 AD. He had most everything he could want in the society in which he was living. He was taken captive, taken captive for a year after joining a military expedition. He was a prisoner of war, such as it was back in 1200 AD. It is said that this captivity, this loss of freedom that he had, and his reflections on life that occurred while he was captive, that changed him. He had been everything you would expect someone who was born the the son of a wealthy merchant to have been. He probably exhibited all these different responses of selfishness and not caring about others that we typically put on Rich people. That's where he found himself when he lost those things, when he was experiencing change that he had as a captive, it changed him. So he ended up find, uh, founding an order within Catholicism uh, called the Franciscans, one of the two large orders of, of people uh, within uh, Catholic religion. An order within Catholicism that was focused on teaching about Jesus while living a life of poverty take a vow, fact, of, of poverty. The prayer we're going to study today is often attributed to Francis. It is, in fact, if you were to Google the prayer of Francis, it will come up and it will talk about Francis of Assisi. However, there's absolutely no way that he wrote this thing. Uh, in fact, the first time that this prayer of Francis shows up in history is only about 100 years ago, in the early 1900s. So it's not written by Francis, but I would suggest to you if Francis could have written this thing, this is absolutely something he would have written, or at least said, given a thumbs up if that's if they did that back in 1200 AD. I don't know. So I want us to look at this prayer of Francis today, and I want us to imagine that Francis of Assisi wrote it. I think it's okay. We can all pretend that Francis of Assisi wrote it. It's quite powerful as it is. So look at this prayer with me here this morning. It starts off, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Make me an instrument of your peace. As we just read a few moments ago, thorough read it, we are called to be peacemakers, not peace destroyers. Matthew 5, 9, English Standard Version says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, children of God. In the contemporary English version, I use that sometimes. Uh, It's a very good version, easier to read, even perhaps than the English standard in some ways. It says, God blesses those people who make peace. Amen to that. God blesses those people who make peace. They will be called his children. So, how can we do that? How can we be involved in being a peacemaker? The rest of the prayer, the rest of the thoughts this morning tie into this idea of being a peacemaker. And in a world that I, I believe very firmly sure seems to be broken, made up of people who are broken. I want to encourage all of us to be peacemakers, to be menders, to help heal the brokenness that we see in society by one at a time helping all of us repair what's broken in us and in our, the people that are around us so let's take a look at what's involved in being a peacemaker he says again lord make me an instrument of your peace where there is hatred let me sow love why what's what's so wrong with hatred Look at Proverbs, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses, English standard. Contemporary English, hatred stirs up trouble. Again, amen to that. Hatred stirs up trouble. Love overlooks the wrongs that others do. You know, what a wonderful way to start out being a peacemaker. Rather than having a scorecard that you write down, the last time you irritated me, you did me wrong was... April the 13th, 1.45 p.m. When you said, and if that comes up sometime, you pull out the scorecard and say, right? Loving one another. which remembers one of our New Year's resolutions to love God and love our neighbor and we're all neighbors to each other? Involves overlooking, not paying attention to the failings that our neighbors have. A big reason for that is I want my failings to be overlooked, right? So hatred stirs up trouble, but love overlooks a lot of the wrongs that people do. So where there is hatred, let me sow love, perhaps by overlooking the problems that are generating the hatred. Not focusing on the hatred, but coming in and instead of worrying about what happened five minutes ago, simply show love and concern. First John chapter two, verse nine, we read, whoever says he is in the light, but hates his brother is still in darkness. In another passage, John says, he is a liar. If You say you love God and you hate your brother, hate your neighbor, you're a liar. So if I'm not showing love for my brothers and sisters, if I'm not showing love for my neighbor, I can't love God. And if I say I love God while I'm hating, my brother, my sister, my neighbor, while I'm not seeking to sow love and to sow peace, I'm afraid we're lying to ourselves. God knows that we're liars if we're not showing love in our day-to-day interactions with people. But worse, perhaps in some ways, we don't even realize that because we're lying to ourselves. I will point out, too, Jesus had also said to love your enemies can't just be focused on loving your friends, loving on the people who show up to worship with us on Sunday mornings. We've got to love not only our neighbors, our family, our brothers and sisters in in Jesus, but we've got to find a way to love our neighbors and our enemies. The next line, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is injury, pardon. Let me so pardon. Where there is injury, let me leave behind pardon. And it's not really focused on physical injury here. I know we've got quite a few people here in our gathering this morning who have a nursing background. If I were to cut myself if that thing falling off the podium and hurt me, I'm well aware that plenty of people in here have been able to have taken care of me physically. That's not what it's talking about because look at the remedy for injury here. The remedy for injury here is pardon. It's forgiveness. Where there has been injury, where there has been a problem, where there's been something done that is not good, let me bring pardon and forgiveness. Romans 12, 17 through 18. Paul says, again, this is in contemporary English, don't mistreat someone who has mistreated you. Ouch. Ouch. That's such a hard thing to do. The last thing I want to do is to be nice to somebody that wasn't nice to me. Again, remember the scorecard? I'm not going to be nice to you because on April the 13th at 1.37 in the afternoon, you want me to be nice to you? Right? Paul says, don't mistreat someone who has mistreated you, but try to earn the respect of others. Do your best to live at peace with family. Do your best to live at peace with my brothers and sisters. Do your best to live at peace with my neighbors. Paul doesn't say any of those, does he? Do your best to live at peace with everyone. Everyone. Make me an instrument of your peace by not mistreating people who may have mistreated me. Maybe they didn't realize it. Maybe they've been injured, and what they need is to see love shown to them, and that'll help them stop mistreating other people. Matthew 6 14 through 16. Jesus said, If you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Well, that's exactly what I want. I want God to forgive me because I make mistakes. I do but always read through a passage in scripture when you see the word but right there because that's that's usually where it turns you've got to be careful make sure you read the rest of it but if you do not forgive others their trespasses neither will your father forgive your trespasses do i want god to forgive me amen to that he will only do that. He will only forgive me if I forgive other people. Make me an instrument of your peace. Let me be forgiven. Let me sow love where there is hatred. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is doubt. Let me sow faith. You know, if you have not yet experienced doubt about God, about Jesus, about the world, about your place in the world, I'm real happy for you. I really am. I hope the day never comes, but I have. Most of us have. And the best way to help, again, someone that has doubt to be an instrument of peace in the mind, because that's where this war is when you have doubt, is to help sow faith, to help point to God, to point all the good things that God does for each of us. here I go back to Proverbs 3, five through eight. With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him, God lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. Don't ever think that you are wise enough but respect the Lord and, there's two parts to that. respect the Lord and stay away from evil. Paul told Timothy, Timothy to flee youthful lusts, to flee things that will often attack people when they're younger. You know, I've run across some people who rather than fleeing problems, rather than running away from evil, It's as if they want to call an Uber these days and say, hey, take me to wherever the evil's going on. I'm missing out. Rather than running away from it, they run to it. Look at what the Proverbs writer here said. Respect the Lord, fear the Lord, be aware that God is in heaven, and stay away from evil. This will make you healthy and you will feel strong. If you focus on God who is in heaven, who created the world and everything in it, including you and me, and stay away from evil, the writer says, this will make you healthy. I believe one of the great ways of putting doubt in the mind of people who are, I'm sorry, putting peace in the mind of people who are doubting, makes more sense that way, (laughs) peace in the mind of people who are doubting, is to make sure we're aware that God is in heaven, that he created you and me, that he loves us and really truly wants us to stay away from evil. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is despair, hope. Where there is despair, hope. Joshua 1 verse 9. Joshua telling... Uh, The people here talking to the people says, do not be afraid or be discouraged. God tells Joshua, I am the Lord your God, and I will be there to help you wherever you go. No matter where you find yourself, no matter where your walk takes you, no matter what your circumstance is, 9 a.m., 2 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever it is, God says, I will be there to help wherever you go then a New Testament equivalent of that in many ways. 1 Peter 5 and 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Be aware that I should not trust my own understanding. I should not think that I can figure everything out. I need to humble myself, submit to God, and realize God is the one in control in heaven. I'm not in control. Why? Why? Why submit myself? Why humble myself under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you? Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Far from being distant, unaware that I even exist, God cares about you and he cares about me and is always willing to listen somebody told me that referred me to that verse i was having a hard time a long time ago i won't tell you how many years ago and the whole idea that any cares any anxieties any worries any problems that i'm facing take them to god and let god worry about them as for, for me rather than focusing on the things myself Where there's despair, I can be a peacemaker, not by magnifying the despair, not by adding more despair to what the person's feeling, but by bringing hope. And I can do that by following each of the previous steps. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is darkness, light. Sometimes that may just be bringing a flashlight. I don't think that's what the writer of the prayer thought but sometimes your neighbor just needs a flashlight. Well, in our lives, we need a special kind of flashlight. John 12, 46, Jesus said, I am coming to the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If somebody is in darkness, if somebody is in despair, if somebody is out of hope, point them to Jesus because Jesus came into the world so that people could have life and have it more abundantly. So one way I can be a peacemaker is to bring Jesus into the lives of others who need him. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace where there is sadness, joy. The world, it seems to me sometimes, appears to be drowning in sadness. I can't look at television, news, without seeing sadness. Seems like that's what generates the interest, right? Don't get me started on that stuff. But there's over, an overwhelming amount of sadness that each of us could focus on. There's one little commercial, and talking about it today will get me emotional. There's one little commercial that shows a, a young girl in a bed. She's obviously suffering from cancer or whatever and a a nurse says, you know, good morning. She's like, oh, another treatment today. Have you seen it? "Mm -hmm." She says, no, we're gonna try. Sorry about that. We're gonna try something different. And you see this little dog running in. Look for that sometime, because that dog jumps up, sorry, that dog jumps up on the bed And that little girl makes—I need to find the video. I'll just bring the video. (laughs) She makes a sound that sounds so happy. It's such a wonderful piece of joy in a situation that could be filled with sadness. The world has so much sadness. Don't create sadness. Bring joy. When you leave having been with someone, don't ever leave sadness behind. Be the reason they can feel joy. You may not have a puppy, which is what's in the commercial, to leave behind with somebody, but you can be essentially an emotional puppy, if nothing else, and leave joy behind. Make me an instrument of your peace where there is sadness, let me leave behind joy. In John 16, 22, Jesus told his disciples who were about to be really sad when he was going to be taken away from them, when he was going to be crucified, he said, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you." One of God's children should be able to be joyful in nearly any circumstance because Jesus is with us even to the end of the so when you run across somebody that's in sorrow if they're already a member of God's family remind them that Jesus is with them remind them they can cast any worries or cares they have on Jesus remind them that there is so much to be thankful for in the world he then continues on with a slight change of approach in kind of this part of the prayer he says oh divine master grant that I may not so much seek to be comforted, to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. The key point in these three, and we're gonna look at them here, is to be active in helping others, not waiting around for someone to come help me, right? Why hasn't someone brought joy to me? Why hasn't someone brought happiness to me why is it someone brought love to me you got it backwards the writer of this prayer says you got it backwards don't sit around waiting for someone to bring you things to change you be involved in helping other people and what you're going to find is that will help change you Luke 6, verses 30 through 32, I think applies in so many ways like this. Look at what Jesus said here. Give to everyone who begs from you and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? Even the sinners love those who love them. Don't wait around thinking, it's my turn. Surely, somebody's going to come solve my problems. The world's full of problems. How about we get more actively involved in helping people that have concerns, problems, sorrows, and be the light in the lives of other people? Consider, this is a statement I found. uh, This is not in the handout, by the way. I found this afterward. It's always subject to change. But consider this statement. I used to pray that God would feed the hungry now I pray that he will guide me to do what I can do to help. I used to pray for answers, but now I pray for strength. I used to believe that prayer changes things. but Now I know that prayer changes us, and that we change things. Mother Teresa. I think, I really think she's spot on, because we're not really praying for the heavens to open up and miracles to happen with god's hand coming down on the world and setting everything right we are here we are here to be the hands of god working in this world to do everything this prayer of francis suggests we are the ones to be instruments that leave behind the peace of god we are the ones to bring joy to those who are in sorrow we are the ones to bring love to those who are experiencing hate. pray that we may have the ability to change the lives of the people around us. Mother Teresa is spot on, spot on right here. In the final part of the prayer. For it is in giving that we receive. And I would suggest it is in helping others that we are helped. It is in loving others that we get to love ourselves. And if you look here again at Luke 6:38. If you give to others, you will be given a full amount in return. It will be packed down, shaken together, and spilling over into your lap. The way you treat others is the way you will be treated. You want love? Love other people. You want joy? Bring joy to other people. We've got to get out of our selfish way of thinking of, well, when's somebody going to do this for me? be much more involved in making sure that happens in the lives of other people. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6 but if you don't forgive others your father will not forgive your sins. If we forgive we will be forgiven in others. It is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. Then in the third part and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Romans 6 For the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord Only by dying to ourselves can we avoid being paid the wages of our choices and those wages are death really and truly If we live to ourselves we're going to remain the broken cup because we each I broke myself Each of us made choices that broke our lives when we decided to live for ourselves instead of living for God. Every single one of us has done that. And if we do not die to ourselves and start living for God, we're going to remain the broken cup. The world will remain broken. So if I don't like the way the world looks, the first step in making the world a better place is to... Make myself a better person and I can't do that by myself I can't in myself I cannot fix my brokenness only God can fix what's broken in me only God can do that when we're living for ourselves we are living in sin and we are broken the only hope we have of being fixed is to come to God who through his grace can fix all of us only by believing in God's work through his son Jesus, by turning our lives from wrong to right, by being buried with Jesus in baptism, showing our death to ourselves, our death to sin, and being raised to walk in newness of life, can we possibly fulfill the aim of that prayer, make the world a better place, starting right now with you, you are subject to the call of God if you're not yet a member of this family please, please, please start now as we stand